Thank you for watching NTD Business. Top stories tonight. The White House says the United States shot down an unknown object off the coast of Alaska today. This comes less than a week after a Chinese spy balloon was shot down off the East Coast. What do we know so far about this new object? Adidas posting its outlook for 2023. What could wind up costing the company millions of dollars? Oil prices jumping after Russia says it's going to cut oil production, marking its biggest decrease in almost a year. Environmental, social and governance funds had the worst fourth quarter last year in half a decade. This due in part to U.S. states pushback against ESG. We speak to one of the state's treasurer on how he's fighting against ESG. And the third largest crypto exchange, Kraken, is shutting down one of its services and paying the SEC a $30 million penalty. Another blow to the crypto industry. That and much more coming up on NTD Business. Great to have you with us. Don Ma here. Breaking news. A U.S. fighter jet shot down a high-altitude object over Alaska today on the order of President Biden. The White House made the announcement earlier this afternoon. White House spokesperson John Kirby says the object was spotted yesterday and President Biden was briefed on the matter as soon as it was tracked. The, uh, the object was flying at an altitude of uh, 40,000 feet and posed a reasonable threat to the safety of civilian flight. Out of an abundance of caution and at the recommendation of the Pentagon, President Biden ordered the military to down the object, and they did. And it came in inside our territorial waters. Now, those waters right now are frozen. Kirby was careful not to classify this object as a balloon. He says it was the size of a small car and it was not self-maneuvering. He also says many details about it were unknown, including who owns it. But the United States expects to recover it after it landed in the U.S. territorial waters. The incident follows the illegal incursion of a Chinese spy balloon into U.S. airspace last week. It was ultimately shot down over the East Coast Saturday. U.S. officials have been recovering and analyzing the debris. The latest company to announce layoffs. Yahoo says it plans to let go more than 20% of its total workforce, or nearly 1,000 workers. The move comes amid a slowdown in digital advertising. Yahoo is going through a major overhaul. It's restructuring its ad tech division. The layoff will impact nearly half of the employees in that unit by the end of this year. Many advertisers have pared back their marketing budgets in response to record high inflation and continued uncertainty about a recession. The challenging ad market is also hitting media heavyweight News Corp. Ads are one of its major sources of revenue. It says it plans to cut about 1,300 jobs by the end of the year. That's 5% of its workforce. Rupert Murdoch's media company owns big names like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Post. Higher interest rates are hurting its bottom line. On Thursday, News Corp said its latest quarterly revenue fell 7% compared to a year ago. Shares were down over 9% today. And sporting goods company Adidas is taking a big hit from its earlier decision to cut ties with rapper Kanye West. It released its 2023 outlook yesterday. It says unsold easy sneakers are taking up inventory and costing the company millions of dollars. NTD's Star Marshall has more. Adidas has a problem. They've got too many easy sneakers in their stock and they don't know what to do with them. They're sitting around costing them millions of dollars. 
upon announcing this, their stock price went down just a little bit, but they're aware of it and they're moving forward. Writing off inventory of the rapper and fashion designer's Yeezy brand could result in $749 million loss this year, the company said on Thursday. After making billions of dollars from the partnership, Adidas cut ties with Ye, formerly known as Kanye West, after he made anti-Semitic remarks online. Adidas is conducting a review of Yeezy's products. One option is to salvage warehouse inventory by repurposing it under a different brand. A celebrity partnership with singer Beyonce has Adidas executives discussing either ending or revamping the arrangement. Apparently, Beyonce's tickets are selling, but her inclusive Ivy Park clothing line is not. Weak sales are leaving a roughly $200 million hole in the company's annual projections according to documents and people familiar with the matter. Another area of concern is the Ivy Park documents show the line has been losing money for Adidas while Beyonce is getting about $20 million in annual compensation. Paying celebrities for endorsements can be a double-edged sword that loses companies money just as quickly as it's made. In 2004, pictures surfaced of model Kate Moss snorting cocaine. H&M dropped the model first, with Burberry following and Chanel deciding not to renew her contract. And Chrissy Teigen was dropped by Target, Bloomingdale's, and Macy's for alleged cyberbullying. Sean Marshall, NTD News. On Wall Street, stocks ended mixed today. The Dow added 169 points, or half a percent. S&P rose 9 points, or 0.2 percent. And the Nasdaq fell 71 points, or 0.6 percent. Ford has cut its stake in struggling electric vehicle maker Rivian down to about 1%. The move comes a week after Ford reported a fall in profits and predicted a tough year ahead. At the end of 2021, Ford held an 11% stake in Rivian, but it has been paring down its stake as Rivian struggled with production. A week ago, Rivian said it plans to lay off 6% of its staff. It's been losing money on every vehicle it builds. The company's shares lost about 82% of their value in 2022. Shares of Rivian were down about 3% at market close. And over in Ukraine, SpaceX is trying to stop the country's military from using its Starlink internet service for controlling drones. It says the system wasn't meant for that purpose. NTD's Colin Fredrickson has more. SpaceX has taken steps to stop Ukraine's military from using its Starlink satellite internet service to control drones. Company CEO Gwyn Shotwell says the system was never meant to be weaponized. She says Ukraine has used it in ways that were not intended and not part of any agreement. Shotwell said the system was purely intended for humanitarian purposes, not offensive operations. SpaceX has now taken action to stop Starlink's use with drones, but wouldn't give details. It wouldn't say whether some service outages in Ukraine were connected to the measures. The system has provided Ukraine's military with broadband connections for its operations. Starlink has shipped thousands of terminals to the country, allowing users to communicate via its network of satellites. Shotwell said its use for communications was fine. Russia has attempted to jam Starlink signals in the region, but the company says it has been able to counter that with software changes. Colin Fredrickson, NTD News. Oil prices jumped today after Russia says it's going to cut oil production by 5,000 barrels per day starting next month. Russia's move comes after the West imposed price caps on the country's oil and oil products. The cut adds up to around 5% of Russia's output. Western nations have imposed restrictions trying to choke off Russia's oil revenues in response to its actions in Ukraine. 
Now the upcoming production cut marks the biggest fall in Russian oil output since April last year. It collapsed almost 9% after Western sanctions first took hold. Russia has managed to find some new buyers for its oil since then, mostly in Asia. Shares of oil-related companies all rose today. Exxon up over 4%, Shell, BP up about 3%. Sustainable funds, or ESG funds, in the U.S. didn't have a great fourth quarter last year. These funds lost over $6 billion, the largest outflows in more than five years. This is according to a new report by financial services firm Morningstar. Morningstar says the outflows were mostly because of market volatility, this as well as the political backlash against the ESG movement. That's environmental, social, and governance. For example, Kentucky and Texas threatened to pull investments from pension funds assets managers who participate in the ESG movement. Other states like Missouri, Louisiana, and West Virginia were among other states pushing back against ESG as well. We have more from West Virginia's state treasurer in just a moment. But amid the ESG pushback, West Virginia is currently working on a bill to target proxy advisory firms. Now, what are proxy advisory firms? These firms advise institutional investors like Vanguard or BlackRock on how to vote on shareholder resolutions. Most of the time, proxy advisory firms recommend supporting ESG causes. Basically, the West Virginia House bill puts guardrails to ensure shareholders' votes are cast for things that maximize profit. West Virginia State Treasurer Riley Moore says that with this bill, votes cast will be in the best interest of the pension beneficiary and the people of West Virginia. Joining me is West Virginia State Treasurer Riley Moore. Now, Mr. Moore, on the issue of ESG, according to Morningstar, you know, these funds, ESG funds, really had not such a great fourth quarter in the U.S., and that's uh, due in part to states' pushback against it. And West Virginia is part of that as well. Maybe you just start off, tell us, why is West Virginia part of this? And what role does the recent uh, House Bill 2862 play in, uh, into all this? Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. And yes, look, we've been leading the pushback here. I was the first state treasurer in the country to divest from BlackRock. We were also the first state to put out what's called the restricted financial institution list, which essentially said if you're boycotting the fossil fuel industry, you are going to be barred from bidding on contracts here in the state of West Virginia. And if you currently had a contract with us and you're boycotting the fossil fuel industry, that contract would be terminated. Uh, We went forward with that and ended up listing five different financial institutions. So why is it so important to us is because we are a fossil fuel state. We're the fifth largest energy producer in the United States of America. And for them to come against our industries is obviously a existential threat to our economy, our way of life, our jobs. And we're not gonna stand by and let that happen. Would you happen to have a specific example of this? Sure. Uh, J.P. Morgan Chase was one of the banks that was listed, and they've lost contracts uh, throughout the state government in various different uh, entities that they were doing business with for a number of years. But we're not going to allow them to manage our dollars uh, at the same time while they're trying to diminish those dollars, many times where those are created by the fossil fuel industry. See, there's a conflict of interest there. And what we're trying to do is alleviate that conflict of interest. And What we're doing is acting as a market participant in this and just stating our preferences in the marketplace. 
I'm happy to do business with any financial institution, but that financial institution cannot be diametrically opposed to our industries here in West Virginia and our tax base and revenue. Mm, I see. And if I may, I'd like to pivot here to another West Virginia legislation, the House Bill 2004. Uh, it prevents credit card uh, tracking of firearm sales. Well, what specifically led to this bill, do you think? Well, this all started with uh, activist senator, liberal activist senator Elizabeth Warren uh, pushing through a letter with 28 other members of Congress for banks and credit card companies to adopt a new what's called merchant category code. Previously, guns and ammunition were just categorized as sporting goods. Now they have changed that where guns and ammunition have their own MCC, their own merchant category code. This is a national gun registry. It's a backdoor national gun registry of what they have put forward. This is really the crux of the whole ESG movement. They're pushing forward liberal agenda items that they can't achieve at the ballot box. And now they're going to want financial institutions to deem what they uh, see as suspicious activity. And this data being shared with God knows who uh, could have some really detrimental effects to people exercising their Second Amendment rights in the future. This bill is going to prohibit the sharing of that data unless it's subject to a warrant or a subpoena because this is the job of the government. It's not the job of a credit card company or some bank to decide when someone has bought too many guns or ammunition. That's not their job. So if they have violated this act, they will also lose the ability to bid on contracts here in the state of West Virginia. It also does create a cause of action that will allow individuals to have standing in court and be able to sue if their Second Amendment rights have been violated. Also, if an individual or a merchant is discriminated against because they're a, a, a gun shop or an individual buying a firearm, they have standing as well and will be able to sue. We can't not allow this to happen. They continue to play politics with other people's money and try to push their liberal agenda. And that's what we're trying to stop here in the state of West Virginia. Mr. Moore, we'll keep a close eye on this bill, but thank you very much for speaking with me today. Pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much for having me. Moving from West Virginia to Texas, the state is removing investment giant Citigroup from an upcoming bond sale. Citigroup was originally part of a group of banks set to handle the $3 billion transaction. The decision comes after a weigh-in from the Texas Attorney General's office. It says the bank discriminates against the firearms industry. It's a label that disqualifies Citigroup from underwriting most state government deals. The bond deal is designed to bail out natural gas utilities in the state and avoid imposing excessively high energy prices on customers. That's as power companies there recover from financial hardship following a severe storm in early 2021. Citigroup's removal is the second in the lead-up to the deal. UBS Group was ousted back in October when Texas accused it of boycotting the fossil fuel industry. And in today's special report, we look at the latest in the crypto crackdown. Crypto firm Kraken has shut down its U.S. crypto staking services, and it's paid the SEC a $30 million penalty. The SEC has charged Kraken with offering these staking services without first registering them. This outcome will impact other crypto firms who also offer these profitable staking services. We talked to experts to get their views on the SEC's crackdown. But first, what is staking? It's quite complicated, but 
To put it simply, investors would put their cryptocurrencies in a Kraken account, and Kraken would give them rewards for doing that, similar to earning interest. SEC Chairman Gary Gensler says that when a platform offers these kind of returns, federal securities laws should be there to protect the investor. He discussed why in a recent Twitter video. You, the investor, should receive important disclosures. For example, what do they actually do with your tokens? Are they really staking them? Are they lending, borrowing, or trading with them? Are they commingling them with their other businesses? Where do the rewards come from? We talked to another company that also provides staking services, BTCS. Its CEO, Charles Allen, told us he believes the SEC made the right decision with charging Kraken. While there's no clear regulations for the crypto industry right now, firms can look at older financial regulations to see if they, if, if they apply to them. This one was really obvious. This isn't one that's like, well, is it a token? Is it a security? I mean, this was, this was like blatantly obvious that taking other people's money to stake was a security, right? There, there's like no doubt, and in, 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 at least in our mind as a company that's been doing this since, you know, 2013, that it, um, that it you know, it looked like a duck, quack like a duck, it was a duck. Allen's firm offers staking services where investors get to keep their own money in their own wallets and then get the rewards as well. So this is very different from what Kraken was doing, where investors had to actually give Kraken their money to get the rewards. And we talked to a crypto firm called Zellcore. Zellcore CEO Tim Tully doesn't think the SEC is doing the right thing. The fact that there are no clear direct laws governing crypto makes it difficult for firms like his to follow the laws. The issue is today it's the fact that a centralized exchange like Kraken is offering a staking service makes it a security. Tomorrow, if a self-custody platform makes it a staking service, does that make it a security too? This is the problem with the enforcement versus let's set the laws up and make it very clear so that people can follow them. And we talked to crypto advocacy group, the New Economy Institute. Its secretary, Hugo Oliveria, says the SEC's actions will definitely send a message across the industry. But it may not have the impact it ultimately wants. If the SEC wants to regulate the industry through this kind of enforcement actions, then this is going to send a bad message. This is going to put innovation outside of, of, the, of the center of the industry to push it to the margin. And users will continue to do whatever they want in the realms of DeFi, which can be good for the, the, the ethos of the crypto economy, definitely. But um, it's against the own preoccupations of the SEC. We also reached out to Kraken. Kraken told us that as part of the settlement, it neither admits or denies the SEC's allegations. And all staking services it gives to non-U.S. clients will continue uninterrupted. Taking a break now, but if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at ntd.com. Still to come, Super Bowl commercials just around the corner. What's different and what can we look forward to? And Americans are planning to spend more this Valentine's Day. What are they buying? That and more coming up on NTD Business.
and welcome back. The Super Bowl is advertising's most spectacular stage. Big-name brands are paying as much as $7 million for a 30-second spot during the big game on Sunday. NTD's Andrew Thomas reports. Super Bowl Sunday. It's one of the greatest opportunities to seize the attention of the roughly 100 million viewers who tune in each year. Yeah, I do think that it's hard to break through all of the noise when you see so many ads really leaning into humor, lightheartedness. A lot sort of start to blur together. In order to maximize return on investment, most advertisers release their ads in the days before the big game. But the spots aren't cheap. Right now, the Super Bowl ads for a 30-second spot cost around $7 million. The range is probably about 6.8 to 7, depending upon how long you've been in the game, if you're a newer advertiser or have been grandfathered into deals. Uh, but it's pretty much on par with where it was last year, so it's stayed relatively steady. This Sunday is also a historical moment for the legacy of Super Bowl ads. For the first time, Anheuser-Busch won't have a monopoly on alcohol commercials. Yeah, so Anheuser-Busch gave up its category exclusivity. So what that means is that you'll see other alcohol and beer brands advertising in the game. We'll have Molson Coors and a Heineken in there for the first time in multiple decades. You'll see Remy Martin and Crown Royal. In the ads released so far, actor Miles Teller dances to customer service hold music for Bud Light. Will Ferrell crashes popular Netflix shows like Bridgerton in a joint ad for GM and Netflix. Ben Affleck will also appear in an ad for Dunkin' Donuts in its first Super Bowl spot. Celebrities are always an important part of Super Bowl advertising. Brands really want to bring in names that are household names, easily recognizable, so that the most people, the 100 million people or so that watch on game day, you know, feel like they know who these celebrities are. The Kansas City Chiefs will take on the Philadelphia Eagles at Super Bowl 57 on Sunday in Glendale, Arizona. Andrew Thomas, NTD News. And love might not cost a thing, but isn't cheap either. Valentine's Day is right around the corner and Americans plan to spend nearly $26 billion on the holiday. That's according to a survey from the National Retail Federation. On average, most people said they will spend about $192. That's up from $175 last year. The increase is mostly due to people buying gifts for their significant other, pets, friends, and co-workers. As for the gifts, no surprise, the top Valentine's gift is expected to be candy, followed by greeting cards, flowers, and evening out, and jewelry. But while many people are celebrating love and romance, many couples are struggling with financial secrets. In this next story, a financial expert tells us why it's helpful to talk to your spouse openly about money. While it may not be the basis for a scandalous soap opera storyline, financial infidelity can be the source of some serious relationship drama. Money is a really emotional, important topic. Bankrate senior industry analyst Ted Rossman says secret spending along with hidden debt or accounts can be a real cause for concern in a relationship. It's hard enough to meet your financial goals if you're pulling in the same direction. It's that much harder if somebody is squirreling money away or keeping secret debt or secret accounts. And all that hiding can have lasting consequences. I think the longer the secret festers, the worse the breach of trust is going to feel if it does come out, and it probably will at some point. Talking about money for many Americans feels taboo. People want privacy. They don't want somebody else 
looking over their shoulder. They're embarrassed about the way they handle money. But the key to a healthy relationship and healthy finances, Rossman says, is honesty and communication. It's important to schedule some time, whether it's formal or informal, just to check in with your spouse on money. Everything from the routine bills that need to be paid to the big picture stuff. He advises starting small and taking a positive approach while coming up with mutual financial goals and achieving your dreams. Fans of romantic comedies have a new movie to check out. Hey, Debbie. Happy birthday, Peter. 20 years of friendship. Netflix released a new trailer for Your Place or Mine, which stars Reese Witherspoon and Ashton Kutcher. The plot centers on two friends who get to walk a few miles in each other's shoes. Movie buffs are calling it a split-screen rom-com since the two actors only share a handful of, of scenes. The new film also stars Steve Zahn, Wesley Kimmel, and Tig Notaro. Your Place or Mine is streaming now on Netflix. It's rated PG-13. And that's all today from the NTD business team and myself, Don Ma. You can follow me on Twitter if you're there. And if you have any news tips or feedback for the show, you can email us at business at NTD.com. That's all for today. Thank you for watching. I'll see you next week.